Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The wait is finally over and sport is back on Now TV. It's lights out and away we go! Where you can watch Sky Sports, Premier Sports and BT Sport together and all without a contract. What a fantastic part. So whether there's a day, week or whole month of action you just can't miss, you can now stream the lot. Oh, it's a fabulous goal! This is your sport on your terms. Search Now TV Sports to find out more. 18 plus content streamed via internet. Full terms apply. Hello, Alistair Campbell. Who's so one? glad to finally uh, interview you. Been a big <laughs> fan for a long time. Uh, studied you at A level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mentioned you in my uh, my. You, didn't, you didn't even know the answer. Wait, what? You got an answer about. The order in council were covering me and Jonathan Powell in one of your mocks or something. You didn't even know the answer. I'm pretty sure I got an A in politics. You may have got an A. You may have got an A. But I remember you coming home saying, this was the question. I didn't know the answer. Yeah, I, I remember that really well when you were a question. Also, Anna, who looked after you when I was never at home and created all these massive psychological problems that you've got. Thank you. Um... She sent Mum a message saying that her daughter has just done an essay and she quoted me as saying something. She sent it to Mum. But I don't remember saying it at all. Mm. Was it something you said in politics? Yeah. What was it? Um, Grace is my favourite child that I've ever met. No, if you if you don't feed the beast, it eats you or something. Mm, God, that's deep, isn't yeah. it? I mean in the media, the feral beast. Anyway, I'm not going to rebut Anna's I bet you did daughters. say that. Probably said something like it. I don't know yeah. where I said it. But, yeah. Maybe you tweeted it. Maybe. No, I don't think I'd have tweeted that. Because one of my thinkings when I was doing that job is I never really wanted to make the media think they were that powerful. So I tended to talk them down. Sort of like, um, what's that thing that guys do? To, negging. You know that thing? Negging? Where God, it's this thing that pick-up artists, men who train other men how to get women, okay. right? Incels, yeah. you know, men who can't get women. Mm. One of the things they say is what you should do with a woman is you should put her down and then compliment her straight afterwards. Okay. So you say something really mean and then you say, you have nice arms. Mm. And it's meant to... And okay. it's, it's obviously all bullshit, but that's like what you yeah. did with That's the a media. really dumb question. That's a really interesting question. <laughs> <laughs> is that how it works? I don't know. Welcome to the podcast, everybody. Thank you. Thank you very much for being here. So I guess, uh, you know, it's Thursday, we're recording this, PMQs yesterday. For once in my life, I actually watched the whole thing. Okay. Not even live. I watched it at midnight last night. On the iPlayer. On the iPlayer. 
Anyway, and uh, I thought, God, isn't this like just honestly like politics porn, you know? Watching Sorry. watching Keir take down Boris Johnson, not actual porn, oh, I see, but like, yeah. f- you know, food porn, politics yeah. porn. Oh, I got it, yeah. Okay. Yeah. In other words, you enjoyed it? I enjoyed it a lot. It made me happy. Yeah, I enjoyed it. And that's, that's Keir's, he's now done four Prime Minister's questions, two against Dominic Raab, two against Johnson. And I'd say he's won them all. And yesterday he destroyed Johnson. But my, my worry is that, Mum was saying this earlier, Johnson doesn't seem to care. I don't know, I really think he did yesterday. But then, and then Keir wrote to him afterwards, you know, the point about, he raised the point, I've been banging on about this for ages, this thing about the, the, the care, the advice that went to care homes, yeah. that it's highly unlikely you're going to get infected there. That remained the advice for weeks, even as it was being raised. And Johnson stands there at the dispatch box in the House of Commons where you're meant to be held to value principle of truth, and he says, that's not what it said. Well, it did. And then when Keir wrote to him afterwards, Johnson wrote back, still defending himself. I mean, I'm afraid it's the whole Trump thing. Just, you know, double down and never apologise, never never admit, never explain. Yeah, how- so why did you think Keir was good? Um, I thought Keir was good because you can just tell he's such a good lawyer. He's a really good case maker. And he just, you knew that whatever point he started making... He would back everything up. Whatever Boris Johnson said back to him, you knew he was going to be able to come back with a really good... Like, I love that bit where he was, where Boris Johnson sort of spun it and made it out like Keir Starmer was talking all about, you know, the figures that were being released every day. And then he was like, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying you've gone from releasing the, the data every day mm. to suddenly not mm. because you know... It's crap. Yeah, that you, you don't want people to see it. I just thought he did a really good job at making Boris Johnson look weak. Mm. And that is something that I do think, even though Boris Johnson will play the game of like, this doesn't bother me, I'm going to reply to this letter with my awful handwriting. Mm. His penmanship, I mean... Very poor penmanship. Probably better than mine, to be frank, Grace. It was like a four-year-old. I also noticed that he calls him Sir Keir. That's obviously part of their sort of spiel that Keir's kind of some part of the establishment. It was this old Etonian... Bullingdon Club knobhead, isn't but how, it? How did he go to Eton? I presume they, they'd make sure that you leave Eton with amazing handwriting. Yeah, I don't Especially know. Especially then. I don't know. I think Keir's got quite a good signature. Signatures are important. I'll tell you the other thing about Prime questions. I know that there's two things I'd, I'd say about it from yesterday. The first is that it's obvious Johnson can't really operate without all that noise behind him of those ridiculous backbenchers cheering every word he says. And the second thing is, even though won't be millions of people who watch it, I can remember when we were around and Tony was both leader of the opposition and prime minister, I used to call prime minister's questions a strategic anvil. It's where you're hammering out strategy over time, and that's what I think Keir's doing. He's showing what sort of leadership is going to be and he's showing what sort of arguments he's going to build. Whereas Johnson's just treating it like another kind of, you know... Yeah, and that's what dinner. I mean. That will sort of really start to show if, if Keir mm. slowly rises in the public's perception of, like, yeah. his ability to lead and Boris Johnson sort of stays the same, which is what it feels like he's going to do because he just... He's so full of himself. He doesn't think he'll ever need to change as a part-time Prime Minister. Mm. And that will just really start to balance out. Also, who is cutting Keir Starmer's hair? 
Why has it been cut? It looks just gorgeous. Really? Just, I mean, sorry, Dad, but... I think my hair's good. Your hair's your your looking good, but Keir has a really full head. He's big on the gel, isn't he? But he's obviously getting it cut. I wonder if... Um, Vix. Vix is doing it. No, I bumped into Vicky the other day, Keir's wife. Keir's wife, she's lovely. She's lovely, yeah. Gorgeous, I great hair. I think she might have popped up in the two-part documentary on the Royal Free. Did you see it? Does she work at the Royal Free? She the Royal Free, yeah. Was she a doctor? No. But the the documentary was absolutely brilliant for the Royal Free. And Tunnel 4, right? No, it was BBC Two. It was oh. two nights, two consecutive nights. And there's a couple of the people I know uh, who were... Because you're such a regular Well, I'm quite free. a regular, as you know. Well, you're a regular. You were born there. Yeah, but that's not and being a regular. One of, probably one of the most regular visitors to A&E when you've like... No, I'm not. Got a bit of a sore finger or something. No, when I had a dry mouth is when yeah, I went to yeah, right. Well, you were a bit of a hypochondriac. <laughs> I am a regular, I'll give you that. I've had a few operations there. I had that ridiculous night when I... When you fainted, when I, you saw Rory with a... I saw Rory with a, a needle in his arm. Uh, that was a medical needle, not a drugs needle. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so but it was it was really, really good. And it was... It, it just showed you, when when you see these ridiculous government briefings day after day and they give this impression about everything's under control and you see just what those people are having to do on a kind of minute by minute hour by hour day by day basis and it was fascinating as well to to watch the the different characters and obviously I mean what it was like getting the permissions for filming and but that's what I was thinking like I can't believe people being filmed while they're going through that like most want it to be recorded in a way I think I know but it would make me even me who like adores attention and cameras on me I could not with tubes going in out my body well like actually I'm gasping for breath Mm. people it was people in intensive care one of whom's now dead oh god so his family must have given the permission and another one who funny enough the guy who died I thought was going to live and the guy who who lived similar age both um, Jewish guys, he he lived, um, and actually it was quite a sudden kind of turnaround in his. He honestly thought he was he was kind of on, on a really steep decline, but it was just fascinating to watch the the and this thing that really it's always annoyed me. This thing about people going about the NHS bureaucrats, the pen pushers, the place doesn't run without those people. There was a, there was a bit where they were running out. They were literally running out of oxygen. And the kind of main admin person was out there with a, with a technician, sort of who was explaining. They had to build a new thing to get more oxygen in. Wow. So yeah, it was pretty. It was amazing television, and and I'm pleased for the Royal Free because, they those things are a risk, you know, getting, not knowing what's going to happen and getting a fly on the wall documentary team in there. It's a risk. Especially in the midst of it happening. Absolutely, yeah. When did they start filming it? Do you know? Uh, right at the start of the of the when it became obvious it was serious, and then so the thing was tracked through lockdown day one, lockdown right. day five, and through to the end. It was really good television, really good television. Probably the best thing I've seen on the on the crisis. Yeah, the panorama was good. The BBC panorama about how useless the government's been, which the BBC didn't. Yeah, but I don't. I just selfishly find that stuff so intense to watch, and it actually is really bad for my anxiety. Mm. I don't know. So you're happy it. with Kia? 
I you, have, you haven't changed your, your view. I got one or two complaints last week about your very bad language about Boris Johnson. Oh, give a shit. No, give a shit. J'adore. Je déteste. Je déteste. Je déteste Boris. <laughs> no, j'adore que je déteste Boris. D'accord. C'est français. No, I like... You know what? And I've actually always said this, actually. And I know I was wrong about Jeremy Corbyn. Big time wrong. 100% 180 wrong. But I've always liked Keir. And I've always thought... I mean, obviously, I would have loved for it to be a woman, but I'm so happy he's the leader right now. It does make me feel more settled. Mm. Everything else is unsettling, but if we still had Corbyn, I'd feel sick. Oh, yeah. Watching PMQs right now. Yeah. No, he Keir, listen, Keir has definitely, definitely started well. And he's obviously doing his own thing. There's lots of other people who are saying to him, be more aggressive, be nastier about the Tories. Um, you know, the momentum lot are trying to kick him for... They were actually this sort of... Hashtag forensic. I know. Like Bore off, <laughs> honestly. You know what I watched last night, which I love, was the Michelle Obama documentary. Yeah, I watched it. I watched that with mum. That was... I found that really interesting. And I guess it's, you know, when we're talking about wives of le- world leaders and how, you know... I read the book. I love the book. I love her. And there's this bit where her brother says this line where he says, you know, it's so annoying when your sister is the most popular person in the world. And it's mm. like, she really is... She is amazingly popular, yeah. Yeah, I she's mean, incredibly she's... popular. I didn't like the film that much. I thought there was something about it that I didn't, it didn't sit right with me. I think it was, I'll tell you what it was. Because I've done those book tours, right? And <clears throat> you do end up saying the same thing again and again. But I hated the way that they clipped, when she was telling stories, they clipped it from different mm. nights when she was obviously telling the same story. And it just, I don't know why, she's obviously an incredibly authentic person, but... The artifice of the film just started to irritate me. I understand that, but then I, I sort of... That never bothers me, because I feel like that's why her storytelling in those live events was so kind of perfect, because she tell, it was what That's a trait of a great stand-up, where you tell a story like it's the first time you're yeah, telling yeah, a story, yeah. but you've perfected how to tell the story. Yeah. I know. I do know what you mean, but I thought it was like all of the stuff where she was going into these sort of communities and just talking to loads of young black girls who mm. just sort of wanted advice from her and, and wanted to hear her tell her story. And, and I just think that's amazing. You know, every time she comes um, here, she goes to... What is the school called? It is Linton. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can't remember what it's called now, but she always goes there. I need to, and she, she's just really, like, really sort of loyal oh, to, yeah, like, no, helping totally. young she's teenage obviously, girls. I mean, look, listen, to see her and Barack Obama and now look at what they've got now is just horrific. I wonder whether if she did... She's obviously not going into politics, mm. but I wonder if she did, how whether she'd be able to maintain that level of popularity. Because I think once you become a politician as opposed to a political figure which is what she is I think it becomes a lot harder and what it's just interesting to think how Trump would go for it but the thing but the, yeah I mean <clears throat> it is but also it's so perfectly clear that she's trying to say to the world I'm not doing that I mean that's oh, yeah, what sure. I thought that documentary was it was her being like thank god I'm not in politics mm. anymore because mm. now I can talk about the things Do I talk stuff. about like yeah. be and it was interesting you know the way they sort of showed the way that the right-wing media in America portrayed her during the campaign, which I obviously didn't notice at all because I was really young and also I don't think we we all weren't watching Fox News, but the way they painted her as this, like, angry black woman. Oh, I remember that vividly. Really? Oh, yeah, yeah. And she did change. She did change, there's no doubt about it. She sort of... She adapted and and changed and... No, but I think where she is now... must have been really annoying. Well, it is annoying when you've got those people after you the whole time. Yeah. 
it's uh, I see that talking to Keir, I noticed the they're starting to get into stuff with Keir. There was this film that did the rounds that was clearly fake false editing to make it look like something it wasn't. So the thing about the Rochester... Rotherham. Yeah. The sex abuse stuff. They're going to do all that with Keir, but I, that's the other thing. I'll tell you what I really like. What, sorry to go back to Keir. You is, love him. No. I, 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 I'm a, I'm, I'm just, I just want Labour to get back in power and get rid of these awful Tories, but I'll tell you what I really like is when he's... I can tell when Johnson is doing PMQs, he's always looking over and Keir's look doesn't change i reckon he'd be quite good at poker and my sense is that johnson you know johnson's not stupid. what do you mean he's looking over he's, i think he's only looking over like he wants his approval or he wants to sort of right he wants to be you know you and i are the big two now and let's sort of get on and and Keir just kind of has, has this very steely look i was um i was doing this interview yesterday with david dimbleby for a documentary he's doing Shadow, David, David Dimbleby. Oh, yeah, you love him, don't you? Because he, he looked after you that night when, um, when we had the John McDonald. Seb Corbyn rejected me. Yeah. And anyway, I said that my favourite ever headline about Tony Blair when I was working for him was an Australian magazine, and the headline was Nice Kind of Bastard. And I just think here maybe has a touch of that. Nice, but hard. Yeah, but, but that's what... It's that composure as well that like when he speaks there's something really endearing about him and you can tell he's not a bad person but he's firm Mm. and I when I was watching PMQs yesterday like it's so obvious that he was such a good lawyer because he speaks like in the films when you see a sick (laughs) lawyer like in quiz you know Helen McCrory's character in quiz like he speaks like he's an amazing lawyer and he just you just really listen to him and that's just the best sort of training to then go and do PMQs because mm. he can hold his own and I just thought Boris Johnson was really crumbling yesterday. It will be interesting when they get back with sort of the, the noise yeah. and the theatre and all that rubbish. So, should we talk about telly? So, uh, I've been watching this show called The Eddie. I've been watching The Eddie. I watched it first, but that's you not a problem. I actually recommended it to you. Yeah, you did. Yeah. You're on episode seven and I'm on episode two. Yeah, but we, we won't do no spoilers, but j'adore. Lady, j'adore. I'm finding your j'adore quite irritating. It's not as irritating as 100%. Which no, is do you really... know what I'm going to say? What? Um, j'adore, j'adore. Like, I'm not getting rid of it. This is what I do. I rinse catchphrases. Last yeah. year it was kisses. I said kisses all kisses? the time. Kisses? I never don't remember that. I said, well, that's because you haven't got a good memory. I said kisses all the time. Now it's j'adore. It will be annoying some people, but mm. a lot of people on my social media are j'adoring it. And then they also like je déteste. Is j'adore the verb? So it's j'adoring. So it's like, you know how I always say love? Like when I love something, I just say love. Mm. If, if you were wearing a really nice jumper, which is rare, um, <laughs> and you said, Grace, what do you think of this jumper? And I, I say this is love. That's basically what I've translated, just say love. J'adore. j'adore. Mm. I love. But is it because you're doing these moderately funny videos as a French person with, with fake subtitles. Yeah. I s- they do make me laugh a bit. A bit? A little bit. J'adore. <laughs> They're funnier than that. They are funny. The subti- Who does the subtitles? Me. What? They're quite funny. And I can't, because I know that you're not very good at French. I, can't I work, am good at French. I can't work out whether you actually do think that's what they say or whether that's part of the joke. No. So the joke, firstly, I am good at French. Thank you're you very much. Great. Are you joking? 
Do you know, when me and my boyfriend... When my boyfriend and I, but anyway. Yeah, I'm not good at English, I'm good at French. Uh, mon petit copain et moi, nous arrivons à Marseille uh, l'été dernier. L'été dernier. L'été dernier, shut up. Well, do you want to learn French or not? I said, we have different accents. No, we have amour. different... What you thought, is l'été, summer, is it masculine or feminine? Féminin. No, yeah. it's masculine. Okay, masculine. So it's not dernier, it's dernier. Dernier. L'été dernier. Nous arrivons à Marseille. Et nous mangeons dans un restaurant. Et mon petit copain, j'ai jamais dit que je parle français. D'accord. Il savait pas. D'accord. Et j'ai parlé, j'ai parlé avec uh, le waiter, le serveur, le serveur. And my boyfriend was very impressed. I yeah, but say. he's obviously quite easily impressed anyway. Otherwise, you know. No, because he doesn't speak French, but he had no idea I speak French. So it might be, he, you might have been speaking anything. No, but I was having a clearly very intelligent conversation yeah. with this no, waitress. Your French, is, your French is okay, but detest. But no, let's not pretend that it's kind of you know. It's like Tony Blair used to think his French was as good as mine. It was like... I'm not saying it's as good as yours. I'm saying it's better than most people from England. Anyway, you, the thing is, you're very good at French, which you don't show off that much, apart from when you're in France. You are good at French. I'll give you that. But I'm also good. You're quite good. I'll, you know, watching subtitles, though, like with the Eddie, there's bits of it where I do actually have to read the subtitles. When they're, when they're speaking over each other and when they're... Because the, the, the musicians have got quite interesting dialects. Um, and that guy, Elliot, the guy in the main character, is he American? Yeah. In real life? In real life, yeah. He was in that film Moonlight. Oh, yeah, I love that. Yeah. And the daughter, Julie, yeah. who's unbelievably pretty. I like pervert. She's gorgeous, yeah. She is... They're American. They're both American. Yeah. And, and what about Maya, the singer? Is She's she... Polish. Ah, OK. Both in the film and in the real? Yeah. I think so. I'm pretty mm. sure she's Polish. I was looking on Instagram. She's gorgeous as well. Good singer. Mm. And they're all musicians, yeah? I think so. I mean, Hard it's, to tell. if anyone listening hasn't watched it, it's like this really real and sort of raw show. And every episode is about a different character in the show, but it's all based around this jazz bar in Paris, which is going through problems. I don't want to say much no. because what happens in the first two episodes, just, it really gets going. Um, but it's really raw. Like there are bits that the the sort of arguments that they have, mm. it feels like they're properly scrapping. Yeah, and I think the yeah because they're they're big characters and the, you get that in in. Uh, I mean, I know quite. <coughs> me, I know quite a lot of musicians, and they you know that thing about. But I think particularly at that level, they're not like top musicians. They they would like to be. They're good musicians, but they're you know they're they're playing in a struggling jazz club. But the kind of sense of both competition and camaraderie, and then when you throw in some of the dramas that are involved. Um, no, I'm really enjoying it. Uh, I'm, I'm enjoying the kind of language mix as well, which I presume is them, I presume that's Netflix's way of appealing to different markets. Yeah, but also it is a show about jazz in Paris. And um, obviously one of us has lived in Paris. Um, it's Simois, um, Javité. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and that is, you know... You didn't adore? No, I didn't adore, no. Je detest. <laughs> but I like watching Paris, and mm. I like seeing all those different areas of Paris and Les Bonnes, you know, the sort of outskirts. It's really a cool show, and it's made by the guy who made La La Land and Whiplash. Mm. Um, 
Rob Life is awesome. Oh, j'adore. Anyway, that's enough jadoring. Okay, c'est fini. D'accord, il n'y a, a plus de j'adore. Okay, c'est fini. J'adore. 100% as the last j'adore. J'adore. We haven't talked about football. We can't, this, Dad, there's nothing going on. Grace, this podcast is called Football. I know. Feminism. Okay, uh, you tell me one thing about football, I'll tell you one thing about feminism. Go. Um, one thing about football, and okay, so today I did the Jeremy Vine show, his TV show, and I didn't realise, you see right there is the, Mar the shirt I wore when I played with Maradona that I never talk about. Because the sun was coming through that window, at the last minute the TV people said, could I just move my camera round to the left so I didn't realise it was like you see the angle that it's on now it was straight into that so it looked like I was setting myself up just with the oh they wanted you not to show it no they wanted <gasps> me not to be near the window but th were they saying no they, they, were, they didn't even say anything that, that oh, happened see. to be in the shots so if oh, you look I at the see. shots the Maradona shirts in the background but anyway as you know I've got this little sort of whatsapp group with the Ashleys at Burnley Barnsley and Westie and uh you got. It's, can I just say one thing, just for people listening? It's actually not a WhatsApp group. It's a text message group. But he calls it a WhatsApp. Is group. it different? Well, it's not on WhatsApp. Yeah, but you know what? It's, it's on iMessage. Okay, right. Okay. But I know I'm really happy for you that you found some friends. <laughs> like I'm really overjoyed. But it's so it's anyway. A group. When yeah. when I was on the Jeremy Vine last time, Ashley Westwood spent the whole time sending me messages saying he really thought Jeremy Vine needs to get a new shirt designer and get some decent shirts that aren't sort of all stripy and colourful. And today it was Ashley Bard. So at one point I was talking and the phone pinged and I thought I'd put it on silent, but I hadn't. And it pinged onto the screen and so they heard it in the studio. And it was, I could see out there, it was Ashley Barnes saying, tell Jeremy that shirt's even worse than the last one. So <laughs> fair play to Jeremy. He was quite excited to, to know that Ashley Barnes and Ashley Westwood were watching his programme. Actually, Ashley Westwood wasn't watching that because he was doing his gym work. By the right, okay, that's good to know. Have we got enough Ashley's? That he was Ashley Westwood was actually working out. Yeah, Ashley because Bar Ashley Barnes is still he's still sort of you know he's technically still injured. Right, so he can't be injury. doing the gym stuff. Well, he's doing some stuff, but he's not doing the full on gym got work you. that Ashley W was doing. So it's just Alistair and the Ashleys. Sounds yeah. like a band. So that's my football story today. J'adore. Okay. What's my feminism story? We talked about feminism on the programme. What did you say? Well, somebody had said, a, a woman had said that high heels were like, made women look like birds and they were anti-feminist, which I didn't understand. But Storm, who's Jeremy's co-presenter, she actually, who norm, she is a really good dresser and normally in the studio, she's always kind of quite, you know, glammed up. But actually, because she's behind the, behind the desk, socially distancing all that, so she put her leg up, her foot up on the... Um, <laughs> on the desk and she was wearing what looked to me like kind of Doc Martens. Oh, really? Mm. Quite smart. Because she didn't want to wear heels. Was she, she agreeing with the feminist woman? She was saying she thought feminism meant you, should, you had a choice. If you want to wear high heels, you wear high heels. You but wear I, boots, that's you wear what I agree with. Yeah. I think when women start getting angry at other women for what they wear, it's like that's just not what feminism is mm. supposed to be. You're supposed to just be all on the same team. Yeah, give and it a just, break. Yeah, it just gets a bit lame, doesn't it, when yeah. you're all policing what women can and can't wear. Yeah. I just, I just, you know, think women are obviously more fashionable than men in the sort of grander scheme of things. Do you think so? I do think so. Yeah. But that's also because they are blessed to be able to wear more. Mm -hmm. Men, mm -hmm. you know, you get a suit, you get 
what at best a kill. Tracksuit bottoms. The ki- the kill. You're actually pretty. You're pretty high up on the fashion ladder because you go to all these GQ events, posh kilt. little GQ events, wearing a kilt, and people are like that's a fashion statement. Mm, really they fact. don't know that that's actually just you know it's what you wear. No, it's also because I hate wearing black tie. And it's, you know, it's your culture, it's the bagpipes, yeah. it's what you do, and it's what you grew up wearing kilts. We had a laugh the other day, didn't we, doing workout with the bagpipes? Oh, that was funny. And the neighbours were all watching. Yeah. I've been, um, yeah, hearing some neighbours really going for it. Heard a neighbour really shouting at some builders oh, the yeah. other day. Somebody filmed it. Somebody filmed it, yeah. yeah. He was so really... Well, he's absolutely right. He's not actually. Why? Because... It's not the builder's fault that the client, whoever he's doing the building for, has insisted he carry, they carry on working during this time. It's not the builder's fault. They're contracted to be working. This guy was shouting yeah, at these was poor builders. the easing of this lockdown thing. No, it wasn't. It was wasn't on Monday. It? Okay, yeah. all right. This guy was screaming at these builders going, I've got to do my job. And it's like, just put headphones on. You can't come out and shout at these builders who have been paid far less than you. You're living in a massive house in Hampstead. It was honestly embarrassing. The video is embarrassing. Yeah, I guess. But I, I, I get the thing, because you know what I'm like with noise. I just can't stand it. Yeah, but that's why you put headphones in. Mm, There's mm. just like, be a big grown-up here. Yeah. There's been quite a lot of key worker building going on, though, I'd say, around here. Mm, I'd say so. Mm. Quite a lot but of that's... key worker basement work going on. Yeah, but that's because middle-class people think that they... Are better, yeah, they, and that they think that they, the rules them. don't apply to them, not and like that they working class people, eh, Grace? No, I'm not saying that, but I'm saying that is because that is because you know there are all of these posh people who are like, well, I still need to get my lawn mowed, mm. and I still need to get the cracks in the ceiling painted, and I need mm. to get new blinds actually while this mm. is happening, yeah. and actually I need a cleaner. I should just tell people what happened. I, I I've got quite a lot of framed sports memorabilia, and. <clears throat> a friend of mine who's at Real Madrid got Cristiano Ronaldo and all the Real Madrid squad to send me a birthday shirt signed with all their names. So it was on that wall over there and it literally just fell off the wall one day. So weird. And it's taken a bit of the wall out. Yeah. Do you think it was Cristiano Ronaldo's sort of energy somewhere? Well, do you think he's got negative or positive I think energy? he's got negative energy. Yeah. Um, saw Per Mertesacker on the heat the other day. Who's, who's that, Grace? Dua Lipa was on the heat the other day. Was she? Yeah. Did you bully her? No, I wish I was there. I would have been like, hey, babes. Mm, love you. Uh, so, gratitude. My first gratitude this week is my Tree of the Day competition. See, like this morning, we went out for a walk, six o'clock in the morning, and I was seeing the same trees again and again. I thought, well, I can't give another gold medal to that one. So what I did was, I picked You're a tree. You're so democratic. I picked a tree that I like. But it's not quite gold. So I'm, I, I awarded it bronze. And then I put a thing on Twitter about, I'm not going to give this one gold. I'm going to give gold and silver to other people today. So send in your pictures. And honestly, some of the pictures are incredible. From Can all I over the say world, two Grace. things? So firstly, I love how sort of giving you are. And you don't want to Kim Jong-un the tree. Oh, listen, I've, I've won most the, of the gold medals. No, but I'm saying you don't want to give the same tree gold too many times no. whereas like Kim Jong-un would probably be like this is my tree and yeah. I'm giving this all the awards that it should get because it's mine secondly when you and mom, my mum are going on these walks yeah. around Hampstead Heath is she sort of absentmindedly listening to you 
decipher which one's going to be gold. Does she engage or does she just Not switch much. off? She sort of pretends to be interested. Yeah, I can imagine that. Yeah, I'll go look at that. Mate, she was interested the other day because one of a previous gold medalist, which is a copper beach up by the pond where we saw the, the person swimming, it literally fell over in the wind and it's dead. Oh. So that's really sad. So I gave it a posthumous gold medal. So that's actually a two-time medal. It's really nice of you. Yeah. But anyway, these pictures are coming in, and it's making me think. I know you take the piss, and you think I'm stupid. I think there's a. I don't think you're stupid. I think there's a global TV event in this. So true. My tree of the day. I'm loving it. Second thing is my bagpipes. I'm loving my bagpipes. I'll be playing them again tonight at the 8 p.m. clap. I've been playing them. I've been writing new tunes, which I've not done for ages. So I'm loving that. And then I think the third thing is probably, as you know, Grace, since uh, the 27th of May, 2006. 2006, every day since then, I have mentioned to somebody the fact that I played football with Diego Maradona on that day. And um, It was two days after your birthday. Yeah. So I'm actually, as we come up to the anniversary, to the 14th anniversary of this great 14, event. 14. Sure. So 14 times 365 is whatever. That's how many times I've mentioned that I've played with Maradona. I've written about it extensively. I've spoken about it. And so I'm actually grateful for the fact that I played football with Maradona. <laughs> that is such week. a humble brag. I love it. Yeah. You're grateful for the fact that you played football with Maradona. Yeah, I am. Good. And, I'm and glad I, I for you. Have, I have continuing, ongoing pleasure about that fact. That's very good. Funniest thing I saw on social media this week was Gaza, who also played in that game. I remember. He was on the England team, though. Yeah, wearing the wig of somebody else who played in my team, David Ginola. And it was really funny. It was Gazza at training, pretending he was Ginola. What, an old photo? Yeah, right. it, was, it was Phil. It was hilarious. Oh, my God, I love that. Gazza Jador. Gazza Jador. Ginola Jador. Huh? Ginola, oui, yeah. Jador. Maradona, Jador, Jador, Jador. I jadored the Maradona documentary. Just loved it. Mm. Didn't really know that much about him. He's a mad person. Yeah, we like mad people. Yeah, j'adore. No, we j'adore them. Saddest part of the week was postponed, finally agreeing that my book's not coming out until September. Yeah. It's now out. It's official. It's official. Bien. Très bien. Yesterday, it was Jack's, my friend Jack's birthday, and I went and drove around and just waved at him from his window, and that made me really happy. But it made me really sad because mm. I really miss my friends. Good, you've been really good, haven't you? But I'm grateful for my friends. Um, and I'm so excited for this to be over and for us to all be together because I really, we're going to have so many hugs and we're just going to have so much fun. So I'm grateful for them and just how connected we've all been in this period. Um, I'm grateful for... Oh, sleep. Mm. I'm sleeping a lot. Mm. I had this sleep last night, and I know this has been sensitive because you have sleep troubles, but I had this sleep last night, and I woke up, and I, was, I felt like I'd been asleep for a week. My third one is... Having a down to do a podcast with? Um, no, because you haven't said me once yet, so I'm not saying you, okay. I'm afraid. Okay. Um, I'm really enjoying... What, the... about if I, what about if I promise to say you next week? If you promise to say me next week, I'll say you next week, for so you sure. you won't do it this week? No, because it's kind of, it's a transaction me. that needs to happen on the same day. You don't trust me to do it. I find it unlikely that you'll do it because mm. you wouldn't say that. I don't think that you're grateful for me because okay. you see me as a sort of burden. No, not a burden. But you're, you, you, 
you wouldn't want to say to the world, oh, grateful for grace, because you like this joke that I'm just a scrounger and, you know. Yeah. You see, the Selfridges gig, is, is that is that a rent situation or is we still rent no, it's free? for charity. Oh, we play the yeah. charity card on that Yeah, one. yeah, okay. Char- okay. mental health charity, so even better. Okay. You know, you're, it's a personal cause of yours, yeah. so, yeah. You, you know, you're doing charity as well. Um, in me doing charity, you're doing charity. Um, my third grateful list is medication. Citalopram, loving, makes me happy. Like, thank God for it. Mm-hmm. Makes my mind even. Antihistamine. Mm-hmm. This hay fever would be a fucking nightmare without my antihistamine. Um, and then CBD oil really helps my anxiety. Okay. Yeah. So happy for herbal remedies. Right. Well, Citalopram's not very herbal. Citalopram. Mm. Why did you give me a dirty look when I said that? This is mental health stigma taboo, breaking no, the taboo. No, I didn't give you a dirty look. You did? No, you're, 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 you're um, what's that thing you're projecting? Projecting. I don't give myself dirty looks. Um, Shut all. No, I'm, I'm very grateful to medication. Yeah. Every you day. Be. Whack it down. Yeah. Yeah. Do you take it in the morning? Yeah. Yeah. As soon as I get up. Good for you. Really the other good. day, I had a bit of a senior moment where I took it. And then the other thing I take every morning is my asthma inhaler, where I do this thing through a spacer. I do five deep breaths. And so I took my antidepressant, then I did my asthma thing, and then I took another antidepressant. Oh, God. Yeah. I did think, so one of the things I take is this multivitamin thing that you have to chew. And I chewed that, and then I chewed my antidepressant. Because mm. I chewed, and it was disgusting. Mm. Anyway, loved that. Very good. Bonjour. J'adore. J'adore. Tu si. adores. Il adore. Nous adorons. Nous What's um, la mer? La mer. A freshly painted room deserves that finishing touch. A fresh new window blind from Acme Blinds. 100% family owned and guaranteed Irish at Acme Blinds, we're back to work safely manufacturing stylish and affordable window coverings for homes, schools and businesses nationwide. Our inspirational showrooms are now open and at Acme Blinds, we make your family's safety our priority. See Facebook and acmeblinds.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. 
And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.